0: Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. So before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to say a big thank you to Casita Properties, the UK leading property company when it comes to off-market discreet buy, to let sales. All the links will be in the description. I have the pleasure of welcoming Shivani Powell, another fellow podcaster. So pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's oh. so weird to actually come into the studio and always be on the receiving end. I've done it a few times now and I'm like, it's it's still weird to me. I still can't get the hang of
0: it. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, we we share the same studio. It's an awesome studio, but I'm very interested to actually talk a little bit of podcasting. Yeah. What we learned from it as well as like the, the hosts, mm-hmm. um, but also how that's tied into kind of how your, you know, life has panned out reflection on life, social media is yeah. such a big part of all of our life. But before we get into all of that, just give us a bit of an overview of your story and kind of where you've ended up to where you are now.
1: Okay, so essentially I was a management consultant, had a normal nine to five. And I would say that I've never really been a lazy person, but I've definitely only recently found like my purpose and my passion and that was the podcast. But it kind of all kind of started when I went to a lunch with my auntie. She is the founder of Girls Who Code, was like the most inspirational woman I've ever met in my life. And when I saw her, I was actually going to New York that summer. So I asked to shadow her and she was doing a podcast. And I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, I've always had an opinion. I've always been very opinionated since I've been younger. And I've always loved to speak as well. And so I was like, I want to do that. And she was like, you should. So I came back to the UK, recorded two podcasts. I didn't do anything for six months. And I finally, in lockdown, I released them. On the day I released the podcast, it was number 10 in the charts. And I was like, this is obviously a joke. Like someone sent me a prank (laughs) email obviously all that imposter syndrome kicking in and from there I really just found that I really loved having these conversations I've always been someone who's had very deep conversations and had very like very insightful conversations with people and so to put them on a platform where other people could enjoy them and other people were liking them I was like this is pretty cool so I just essentially started to do that and I did season by season which was a mistake I made actually and because of that then this year in March I was like right I've done the podcast for three seasons. I kind of wanted to give up, if I'm completely honest. But I was like, there are certain topics I still want to do. And I've always dreamt of having my own studio. And so I was like, right, let me invest in a studio. Let me just get that dream done. If it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not having any hope on it. I never, ever, ever believed that I could do this full time. Ever. And... It wasn't until around this summer when one of my videos went viral and I was getting loads and loads of attraction that I was like, okay, if I was doing more, if I was being more consistent, if I put more effort into this, where could it take me? And so at that point I decided to quit and here we are today.
0: It's amazing, isn't it? It is. You know, it's so funny. You're talking about, I love to talk, I love to do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm the same, I'm the same, I'm the same. <laughs> the same. It, I think... If you are someone who's extremely opinionated, you can mm-hmm. listen, you can learn, you can open up a new conversation. You enjoy debates. Yeah. I do a lot of TikTok lives. Um, I always say to people, if you don't agree, put it in the comments and let's debate about it. Like oh I, God, I like. TikTok is
1: savage though. It is. People are cruel.
0: They, they are. Different breed. Yeah. I can't, totally different I, I, breed. I, I'm scared to go onto my TikTok now. It's, yeah, it's a, it is it is totally different mm-hmm. breed. I think you really have to learn how to control TikTok. Okay, teach Rather me. Than, uh, Lester, <laughs> well, I had quite a big viral video, 17 and a half million and a few others, but anyway. Um,
1: <laughs> wow, okay. Masterclass <laughs> incoming.
0: <laughs> we just released a video. Actually, we just recorded it <laughs> um, out next week. But yeah, it's totally a different breed. Let's um, let's jump straight into it. Right. What have you learned from being on social media? Has it? Is there more good things to it? Of course. Yeah, let's talk through them.
1: Good things to it in what
0: sense? What does it bring? Like, what does social media bring? You know anyone watching this, they're, they're involved in social media. I mean, if you're not involved in some type of social media, whether it's your brand or business, um, it's tricky not to be involved in it, but it can take over your life. Yeah. So let's talk about all the good parts, because there are a lot of good parts.
1: Well, if there wasn't social media, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. So there's number one. Me and you both reliant on it for our jobs. <laughs> um There is so much goodness to be shared on social media and there are so many accounts that share so many insightful things. I physically could not start my day without going onto YouTube and typing in affirmations, without being on Spotify and listening to a talk. I do that every single day and every single night now. And it significantly impacts my mood and it makes every single day I write down, I'm grateful for the content people put out on YouTube because I genuinely am. I learned the most through podcasts. I learn the most through motivational videos. And without those in my life, I don't think I'd be able to carry on in anything I would be doing. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, everyone has a dream. And some dreams are so far away that you feel like they're impossible. And you put on a podcast and you put on a talk and you're able to see how you can actually hit those goals. And so for me, it's really, really important that we use social media in a positive way. I can sit there looking through girls on Victoria's Secret and be disturbed every single day and be like, I don't have their body, I don't have their hair, I don't have their eyes, I don't have their face structure. Or I could follow accounts and feel deeply inspired by them and change my ways and take action from those things and hit them and sorry take action from those things and use those things to hit my goals so you have to be very you have to be very particular with the accounts that you choose mm. and that is your responsibility unfortunately social media will always show you everyone's good bits and no matter how many times people want to share the deeper hard, harder times i definitely share on my page where i'm going through a really bad day Almost every single day of my life is in chaos, if I'm completely honest. Even today, coming here, as you saw when I walked in, I'm in a state of chaos, I'm never relaxed. And if I shared that every single day on my social media showing how like much of a lunatic I am, that would not inspire other people. Mm. So I don't need to show that every single day. But on yeah. the days that I do, you're still only seeing a fraction of my life. Mm. And I did a podcast on this. I post six to eight times a week. I post on my stories every single day. You still will not see the hardest moments of my life. And that is because they will not inspire you. If I'm telling you I'm having a breakdown because I'm upset about something, I haven't learned the lesson from it yet. When I learn the lesson, I'll share that with you. And that will inspire you to get through your bad days. But on social media, you have to be very conscious about what you're consuming because it's impossible to expect creators or whoever you're following to share every single minute of every single part of their journey so it's your choice on how you choose to curate your feed but you can curate it to strengthen you and to make it more positive and make it a positive impact in your life
0: honestly amazing answers i really want to make sure that i'm not missing anything here because i want (laughs) to i want to pull apart a few points there okay touching on responsibility yeah i think social media and the responsibility of what we see is 100 on us Mm -hmm. i do feel that for as much negativity and as much comparison and all this false validation that is out there, I do also believe that it is on us yeah. because we do have the option mm-hmm. to use the block button. Mm-hmm. So I am very much of the mindset that we we choose what we watch. Yeah. Going back to this whole being more of a creator rather than a consumer, yeah. the responsibility is on us. And being motivated, I totally agree. I think there's so much good to take from that and learn and why would you not learn because it's you know we're we're massive believers in like self-education you know every single day learn something new because otherwise you become stagnant so but there Mm -hmm. is this huge thing with comparison and looking at well why is my life not like that for those people is that because they're not content with themselves and where they are, where where do you think that stems from to allow a person to go? Well, I don't look like that. Insecurity. Yeah. How so do they attack it?
1: The way the first the first thing I always say is when you're comparing yourself to someone, it is highlighting a gap in yourself. So if I'm looking at someone and I'm saying, "Oh my god, I'm so jealous that they they're doing a TED talk," yeah. That is because I want to do a TED talk. Mm. So I can either sit there and be so miserable and think, oh my God, I'm never going to get to do a TED talk. How am I ever going to get the opportunity? I'm so jealous of X. I hate her. She's so this, she's so that. Or I could go home and say, right, I recognize I'm jealous. That is a totally normal feeling because I, like everyone else, have goals. And someone is hitting a goal that I haven't hit, which means that there is a gap. Now, how am I going to fill that gap? I'm going to take certain actions. All right, so how am I going to do a TED talk? Let me think about all the avenues I can go down and I'm going to take action to do those things. You can turn your jealousy into inspiration Mm. and you can turn envy into motivation, but that is your choice. And it's very easy to sit there and think, why is this not happening to me? But we all create our own opportunities. Mm. And so for me, if you're struggling, if anyone at home is struggling at the moment with something and they're feeling, I'm feeling so insecure about this. Think about what you can do to change that. There are certain things we need to start to love about ourselves, like our bodies, our faces, whatever. There are certain things we cannot change. I will never have blue eyes like you. So I can go to Boots and I can get colored contacts if I really want to do that. Or I can really accept that I have blue eyes, I mean brown eyes, and I really like them about myself. So that's self-love I need to put into myself first. But if I really wanted to get blue eyes, I genuinely could, could go and buy colored contacts. Or I could just sit here saying, I'm so jealous of your blue eyes every single day. Which one is it gonna be? So you can take that personal responsibility. And I always go back to Stephen Covey's book on this, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he says, your personality means that you're responsible for the person you are. Mm. And responsibility means that you have the ability to control the response that you share. So everything is all around yourself and the way you respond and the way you act, because you can choose the path you wanna choose.
0: I love this do you know it's so funny because i think God, i sort of really can go into things and i think this podcast could be about four hours long <laughs> i genuinely think I we could by, i think <laughs> we could we, could we could we could put the world to rights do you know the other thing as well not enough people ask questions so many people unlike in america we use this quite a lot mm-hmm. in america they'll promote success business money yeah. it's not taboo whereas over here If another female saw you doing well or if another male, you know, typically keeping it on gender, especially on TikTok, I'm going to use TikTok. You know, there's a a lot of guys that have gone, oh, you can't do this and you can't say that because it's not achievable. No, it's absolutely achievable. But you have to ask questions. I've always been willing to ask the guy in a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, how did you do that? I've never been uncomfortable to do that. I've never been uncomfortable because I can only, I put myself in their position. If a young guy came up to me and I was sitting in a Rolls Royce and he said, Mate, how, do you, how, how on earth are you sitting in that car? Like, What yeah. have you done? I'd love to tell them. And successful people love to talk. It's a fact. It goes around. They do. And I think if they see a spark in the person that's asked the question, because 100 people walk by, not one person will ask how they got the Rolls Royce. And so the one true. person that does ask, they'll go, let me take you under my wing. I really like that oh. you've had. Have you gone to college? No. Have you gone to uni? Doesn't matter. Come with me. We're mm-hmm. going for a coffee. Not mm-hmm. enough people ask questions.
1: I love that. Asking questions is really powerful for me, and it's it's actually changed so much. Obviously, I think you probably know that when I met Steve and I asked a question and I said, "Will you be on my podcast?" Do you know the story? I don't. Okay. You don't know the story. Okay. Maybe you have to refresh. Well, you wouldn't know if you if you don't. If you know it, you know. It. If you don't, you okay, don't. Go okay, on, fine. Run it. So. I, my auntie, who I told you I was inspired by to start the podcast, she messages me one day, I'm at work, my nine to five, and she says, um, should I go on Stephen Bartlett's podcast? And I was like, what do you mean? Obviously, go on Stephen Bartlett's podcast. And I was like, where is it? And she was like, in LA. And I was like, what date? I was in LA at the same time as her. Now, I had never heard of Stephen Bartlett until the start of this year, where everyone sent, two people sent me his article that said he's making millions from his podcast. And I was like, all right, I need to listen to this guy. Let me start learning from him. She messages me that. The next day I go home, Coronation Street is not at my house. My parents still watch it. Absolutely ridiculous. Stephen Bartlett's name comes up on there. I was just like, what the hell is going on? I'm walking and I see Huel everywhere I'm going. I was like, this is so meant to be. Anyway, I flew to LA. She recorded the podcast with him. I went with her. At the end of their podcast, I said to him, can I record a podcast with you? And he said, sure. And he let me use a set, he let me use his crew. I recorded an episode with him. And he, during that podcast, was like, the number one thing that everyone has to learn to do is ask questions. And mm-hmm. he was like, the reason I said yes to you is because you had balls to ask.
0: Yeah.
1: And earlier today, I was in the gym and there were two girls that were talking, and they were talking about artists, and they were talking about signing some of the biggest singers. And I was like, oh my God, who are these two people? And there was a, I, I was here, the two girls were here and I was i was sitting here, there was another girl there. And I was like, if that girl leaves, I'm gonna ask them what they do. And that girl left and I was like, right, this is my cue. So I said to them both, um, sorry to interrupt, but your job sounds so cool, what do you guys do? And they were like, oh, we're publicists for, mu- for singers. And what do you do? I was like, I have a podcast. They're like, would you ever wanna get any of our singers on your podcast? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, cool, give us your number. And I think the power of asking questions and yeah. the ability to not be scared, because at the end of the day, if I had not asked, nothing would, nothing would have changed in my life. Like if they had said no to me in that moment, I'd have just been like, all right, cool. I'm never gonna see you again. It yeah. doesn't matter. But the, the fact that they said yes, now has given me an avenue to all of their clients.
0: Yeah, it's Which crazy. is mad.
1: So the power of asking questions is so important. And Stephen actually did a LinkedIn post about it that said like even the biggest moments he had in his career well, but was when he, the most pivotal moments in his career was when he asked questions. And so he was like, the reason I said yes to you is because you you asked.
0: This is, uh, and do you know what? This ties in something with what I talk about all the time. I talk about it with my network is your network is so important. So like, important. I have, I have no GCSEs. I didn't go to college. I'm covered in tattoos. But yeah, I work with, I would say probably some of the richest people in the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we, we have with Peak Performance, we have Alan Sugar in the background. Amazing. You know, I like you, I have certain entries through people who run some of probably the UK successful influencer agencies. And I'm really proud of that because that's the network. And if you remain humble. Yeah. Um, you ask questions, you give more than you take all these doors open up and for all the people that turn and say, well, you can't do that. You can't, no, no, you can yeah, be a nice person, build a great network yes. and ask questions. And literally that is <laughs> <laughs> we just like summed it up. But honestly, I'm really aligned because I can relate that asking questions puts you. In almost like a minority of people who aren't willing because they're like, oh, I don't want to adopt. I, I don't want to feel rejected or. And, and it is scary. Thing. Yeah,
1: it's petrifying. Like today, I was like, if that girl leaves, then I'll ask a question. These are two random girls. I could mm-hmm. literally have just said, guys, what do you guys do? It sounds really interesting. I was building myself up, but at yeah. the end of the day, you have to realize only you are going to be there to create your own opportunities, right? Yeah. No one else is going to come in there for you. No fairy godmother is going to come in and be like, Shwani, you hit yeah. Sorry, Shwani, go and ask them a question. Yeah. You have to take the initiative yeah and at the end of the day it will get more and more comfortable the more you do it and it's almost like a challenge I do to myself now yeah now I don't just ask that question and sometimes I'm going to be a little bit nervous and I'm going to be a little bit croaky in my voice when I'm doing it yeah but at least I did it
0: and almost I don't know if you found this I've almost got this like sensor now like this spidey sense of when you're reaching out to these guests you get people who just reply straight away who are like yeah I'd love to mm-hmm and yet you contact someone who's perhaps a little bit smaller on socials, wouldn't be as big or something like that in terms of reach and following. And they're like, no, absolutely not. Speak with my PR agent. You know, and you can, you can tell kind of like these different levels of kind of where it's gone to people's heads and where it hasn't and where social's taken them in their life. And perhaps it's taken... You can You can see when social media is at the forefront and yeah. really taken over an individual by the way they talk to someone else. Oh, which yeah. I must remind you... If you have 100,000, they have 5,000. Everyone bleeds the same. Everyone goes to the toilet the same. So true. N- you know, I, I, I have this real thing that it does not matter what kind of following you have. That does not give you the right to talk down to 100%. anyone else. It's And I always turn around and say, if you, if you, if that's where you are in your life, where it's about your following, go have a child and get some perspective in life when there's someone bigger than you. Yeah. That's literally... Mm-hmm. Paul, can you relate to that? I mean, it's it's when I had my son, it was like, right, okay, I have something massive here. I now <laughs> need to change my life around. And, and 11 years ago, I did that. I could have gone on a very different path. But perspective and being a nice person pays, doesn't it?
1: Oh, my God. I, I honestly cannot agree with you more. I think... The number one thing in life is, who do you want to be when you die? Like, Mm. who do you want people to remember you as? Think with the end of mind. Honestly, Stephen Covey's book is like the best in the whole world. You have to read it if you haven't. I have, yeah. You have, yeah, it's like a textbook. But everything he says in there, that is actually what changed my mindset for everything. I was like feeling really low, I was in a bad relationship. I was like, woe is me, my life is so this and that. I read that book and I was like, everything is on me. And like, how do I want people to remember me? And at the end of the day, whether you have a million followers or you have 100,000 followers, everyone will always remember you for being a good person. Mm. And that is what you should share with the world. Like, Mm. how are you helping someone? right and like replying to people look it can be very 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 difficult when you have for example for me people message me thinking i have like a pr agent or they're like hey can you make sure this message gets to shavani i'm like it's me like there's no one else reading (laughs) my dms there's no one else replying to every single comment on my instagram but i really do try and take the time out to do that Mm. because i'm so grateful that people are engaging and i'm so grateful that people are reaching out but unfortunately Mm. The other thing is, is that there are some people who don't have any boundaries. So when you do reply to people sometimes, they will pester you and pester you and pester you. Yeah. And it is really uncomfortable to kind of be like, stop messaging me because you don't want to do that. So there are cert- certain messages where you can't reply to every single person. It yeah. is physically impossible. That doesn't mean that when you see someone, you're rude to them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you ignore people who are supporting you from f- for so long, but it is physically impossible to reply to people messaging you every single day saying they love your podcast, yeah. it, it, it is hard because unfortunately, unless you have like three or four people answering your DMs and yeah. your emails and all of your messages and replying to all your comments on four different platforms, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram, you are one person, you physically can't do it. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a difference in between kind of taking it in your own stride and also then putting people down thinking you're better than them. No yeah. one is better than anyone. Yeah. And your follow account means absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's it's amazing if you've got a high follow account means people are engaged with you. But at the end of the day, if you're a bad person, all those followers are fake.
0: Yeah. And some of the most influential people, when I say influential, I'm really emphasizing that. Influential people <laughs> who can open up doors. They're not necessarily on social media. Oh, like course. people who really can add value to your life i mean if you know i'm I'm thinking of certain individuals who i know who have who have been a massive part of what i've been able to do despite coming from a council estate despite being covered in tattoos they're they're not on social media and their their financial presence or what they've been able to achieve that has not stopped them from being a really nice family person really nice Mm -hmm. humble i mean my god where we went a couple of weeks ago to a friend of mine in his office, two hundred employees, he's worth over one hundred eighty million. We sat there for how long? He gave us what two and a half hours of his time. Wow. He's not on social media, but he's one of the most incredible men um, that I've met, and he opens up doors beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because I, I think of a friend of mine who, during COVID, a lot of YouTube channels I don't know if you remember, grew quite quickly, mm-hmm. and his channel grew very quickly, and all of a sudden, do you fancy meeting up? No reply. Okay, a bit odd. Follow-up replied Jimmy. Uh Oh, no, I'm busy. Okay, that's a bit odd. Do you mind just resharing this, mate? Because, you know, I shared that a little while ago of yours and I helped you out with this. Do you mind resharing that? Oh, it doesn't fit in with my content now. Oh, okay. I see. Fair mm-hmm. enough. You've closed off maybe 15 doors through me. I just think it's a real shame that it goes... I mean, how do people stay humble through it? I mean, is there even an answer to stay humble through growth?
1: I'm going to give you a counteract on that, actually. So let's say your friend, were you really good friends?
0: Yeah, we were pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, to the point where I was doing favours for him, yeah.
1: Okay, so I think what's tricky is that in terms of meeting up, what's really hard is that naturally when you're working so hard at something, like, for example, my social life in the last few months is is null and void. Mm. Like, I actually but it's because I don't want to. I'm really, really focused at the moment in terms of what I want to achieve and everything I do is is kind of leading to that goal. That does not mean I don't care about my friends and I don't love my family. And I've communicated that to them and I don't think any of them have taken it personally. Like Mm -hmm. they know I will not come out. Like they just know now. And actually I'm desperate for a night out now. I feel like I desperately need like one (laughs) night out to just relax, but. They know that and so they're not personally offended by it. I think the communication in that is really really key. Yeah. So if he had come to you and just said like, look, work is so busy at the moment. I'm struggling so much with my time. It's just really hard for me, then that's different. Also the reshoring thing. This is a this is an interesting one. When your followers grow, um it's very natural to be protective about what you share mm-hmm. and be protective around what your um doing favors for and what I mean by that is now that my followers have grown I'm not going to lie and tell you everything is the same It definitely adds to credibility in terms of brands and therefore I get a lot more paid opportunities to do ads Mm. the problem with that is I have loads of paid opportunities to do ads I then get gifted a lot of things which they people want me to reshare and every Tom, Dick and Harry wants me to reshare their small business. Mm. So I have three things now. Plus I have to reshare all of my podcasts. Plus I have my performance planner. Plus I'm trying to start my own community. So not only do I have a million things that I want to share for me, yeah. I also have paid ads, which I want to get for money because I want to do this full time. And then I get gifted things, which I feel bad. Like someone's gifted me something like that's so nice of them to give me yeah. something. So let me share it. And then everyone wants me to share, share their stuff as well. Yeah. So it's, Actually also, again, physically impossible, otherwise it become a marketplace. Yeah. And the thing is, what's really tough is everyone, when you grow, will want you to share their stuff. Mm. But where were you when I wasn't so big? Yeah. Now everyone wants me to come on their podcast mm. to share whatever journey they want me to share. I don't yeah. understand what I've done is so special if I'm completely honest, yeah. but no one ever wanted that in the beginning. Mm. And it's normal. Like yeah. I'm never gonna want, I don't know, a random person to come on. Obviously in five years time, if they make a business, then yeah, it would be good for us to share their journey of how they did it. And that is normal, but at the same time, it is really hard when people expect a lot from you, Mm. especially because there's so much to share from other avenues. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I, I think communication is really key with your friend in that moment. Well, let's touch
0: on that because I think that is at the heart of it, communication. Mm-hmm. Communication in relationships. Yeah. Relationships are really hard now. Mm-hmm. Are relationships even really going to be Is marriage going to be a thing in 5 years? So, <laughs> let's touch on communication. I think any breakdown of communication Yeah. business, we have a lot of that. personal life, relationships. Yeah. When you stop talking, Mhm. You're heading down a bit of a dark path, for sure. So let's let's talk relationships. This is something that, I mean, like my God, you know, I've had you know my own personal experiences. You know, we've all had. Um, I try and take this with all of my guests. Is that mm-hmm. podcasting, doing all this social stuff? It's very self-consuming, yes. and I think for me, I've seen both sides. I've seen where it totally. I used to have a bigger Instagram account. I lost. Went going to a bloody nightmare. I got totally self-consumed in that's all about me, you know, you know, Aaron, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. Like the whole phone, just hearing, but not listening, not being present, mm-hmm. communication breaking down, that not being a good thing, being totally caught up in this journey that is me, us, you know, where we're, you know, where we're striving to achieve this dream. Is there a point where we go too far and... How, how do we how do we counteract that whilst keeping communication when we're so focused on ourselves like it seems so crazy doesn't it
1: i think yes and no i think the great thing to do is when you're listening to something you have to adopt it now I would say there's loads of things I listen to in a podcast and I don't and I and I know I'm doing them and I'm not going to change them for example I have cancelled all my holidays this year and I haven't taken really any time to myself and I will probably say in five years time I should have done that and I should have taken the time to myself and it's really important to do all those things I'm very aware of it there's other things though that I'm also very conscious of that I know I'm doing now Now, one of those things is I'm not obsessed with doing things quickly. So I'm very, very patient about this. And I know that if I get a deal, God forbid, manifesting. I'm not God forbid, (laughs) God willing. um, If I got a deal for Spotify next year for however many million, let's just pretend, I think I would be sad. And I'm in no rush to get it. Like I'm not desperate to get it so quickly. What I am keen on doing is making sure I'm working really 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 hard and that's something I want to do for myself so when we're in this like obsession of who we are and and back to your question in terms of like how do you manage that in relationships it's very important to recognize and reflect and be self-aware of how you are in your relationship so for example in mine I'm I am always on my phone and that is part and parcel of my job. I have to ch- check my reels. I have to check the captions. I have to review everything, whatever it is. I have to always be on my phone. I'm getting guests, whatever. And I've communicated that with my partner and he understands that. Mm. So if we are together and watching TV, of course I'm gonna be on my phone. It doesn't mean I'm on it the entire time, but if a message does, co- does come up, d- blah, if a message comes up, I'm gonna answer it. And he's actually okay with that. Now there are times, for example, where we're at an important thing, we're at dinner and I won't be on my phone because I know that's important to him. But if we're at home watching TV, it's no problem. Mm. But you have to curate that in your own relationship because some people wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah. Some people would be like, you're always on your phone. It's really annoying. It's really upsetting me. I feel like you're not really present. I'm lucky that I'm with someone who isn't like that. Mm. So that works for me. But yeah, of course, when I'm with my friends, my phone will be down. Because I think it's the rudest thing in the world. Yeah. So you have it's very dependent on every relationship that you're in, how you create curate that time.
0: You've got to be disconnected, haven't you? I think like yeah, you said. You I think we're in that transition phase mm-hmm. of people when, when you hear the word social media, I don't actually like to use the word social media. Okay. I I prefer to look at it as it's my business platform, it's my it's my infrastructure to everything yeah. else that's going on. Because I think social media is still a very vain term that's and true. I think we're still in that transition period of when we say the word social media, if you say it to someone who's not involved in that world, they don't take it seriously as a job. Oh my so God, yes. because the f- the fact is, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've even said to my partner that, you know, if I'm laying on the sofa on my phone, it looks like I'm just laying on the sofa, yes. but I could lay in any position. I could be upside <laughs> down. I could have my legs. I mean, I have been able to get my legs behind my head for was <laughs> probably about three. But uh-huh. the point is, that is that is the new world technology is that that's and i don't think everyone's adopted the fact that social media is actually a form of business and that i just think if you are involved in it, especially as heavily as we are is that you just have to be disconnected it's there for a purpose for money to generate business to add value And that's it, not to be consumed. And I think just separating creation from consuming is really important if you're going to get heavy into it.
1: A hundred percent. And you know what? Talking about the things that you should reflect on and you should be aware of. I'm actually going to go to, I'm actually going to do this. So you can hold me accountable on this. But I'm going to go to a cabin for three days. and I'm going to unplug. It's called unplugged. And you basically go to a cabin. You lock your devices up for three days. And I'm going to do that. I have to do it to myself because I am always on my phone. Yeah. Like obsessed with it every single second. And I reply to everything instantly. Yeah. I'm one of those people that cannot have a notification. Yeah. Up. And so I know that I'm really just always on it. And at the, the thing is with that is that then you're never switching off. You're never having that time for creativity. Mm-hmm. You're never having that time for reflection. But I am i reflect it every day because I have a planner and I make sure I do that in that way. But in terms of reflecting on like, what else is there that you're just not f- like focusing on? Yeah. There's, you know, you can always run at a hamster wheel. You can always be doing a million things. Yeah. But until you pause you're never going to get that holistic perspective. Right. And so for me, I'm going to make sure that I do that. And that's the thing that I've been aware of is that I am fully addicted to my phone.
0: Yeah. Do you know, it's funny. I, I, I took seven months off Instagram, <gasps> Wow. seven months. And it was the most refreshing thing ever. It was like total clarity. And I think that's why I've come back now. Mm-hmm. I've been able to say, I can sit here and say all my social media, I'm disconnected. That's I'm just so like good. you. I reply very quickly. I'm very efficient. I'm very professional. Yeah. I'm very above board. But am I 100% dis- disconnected from it being involved in my personal life or having an impact, or if someone trolls me or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, it it it's water off a duck's back. I'm so disconnected, and I think that's a that's a healthy way for me to approach it. And and like you say, I just want to throw something else out there. You said about and I, I like it. I like both takes. I like what you said. You said about growing slow. Mm-hmm, I'm very mm-hmm. much the same. That I don't have a deadline. Mm-hmm. My wife um, actually said last night. What's the time frame on certain things? And I said I, d- I don't have time frame. I would like it to be within this scale. Yeah. yeah. But one thing COVID taught us, I don't think you can have ten year plans. I don't think you can have five. No. I think a nice two to three year plan because anything can change. I think to effectively drive something forward, Simon Leslie said it perfectly. He said, "We're in a day and age. Why are you going slow? You can grow quick. Mm-hmm. You can take off quick. You can generate mm-hmm. income quick. Mm-hmm. The opportunity is there. If you double sure. down." You can you can really efficiently have what you want in a quite a short period of, p- period of time. However, I like that balancing with the fact that if it doesn't happen next week, it's good. I'm still enjoying it. I'm there in the next week anyway.
1: Yeah, that's different from what I'm saying, though, because I get you and yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I'm saying make a 1% improvement every single day. Just, yeah. just small, small Got, yeah. improvements. Don't think that, like, for example... I would love for Spotify to buy out my podcast for 45 million pounds, okay? I wanna be the next, whatever her name is, call her daddy, whatever her name is, can't remember, (laughs) don't know. Someone sent me her video, and in three years, Spotify bought her podcast, do you know the story? No. Okay, right, so I'm gonna send you the video. There's this girl, started this podcast, long and short of it, three years later, it's the biggest podcast in the US, Spotify bought her podcast out for $60 million, Wow. right? Three years. And I was thinking to myself, right, next year, if Spotify bought my podcast for $45 million, what the hell would I do? And I was a bit like, you know, that's a bit sad. It would be a genu- genuinely, I'm not saying this for any other reason. I think I would genuinely be a bit sad. And that would be because, first of all, $45 million is so much bloody money. Yeah, I could buy my dream house.
0: What's a house?
1: Like... that's what i want though that's i don't care about a wedding that's why everyone thinks i'm (laughs) anti-marriage because i'm just like it's the house (laughs) um (laughs) no but no but at the end of the day look if you had i was was genuinely had this conversation with my boyfriend like i'd buy my dream house i would save some money for my kids yeah okay i would invest into i really want to one of my life goals is to like help homelessness in this country because i think it's like heartbreakingly awfully sad how we just walk past homeless people and we're okay with it okay i would start doing that but then what Like my podcast is already number one. Like it's already bought for 45 million. How much better can I get? Like what guests am I going to get on? What conversations am I going to have? That love for the podcast would go. And I was like, I don't want that to happen. I want it to happen in 10 years because then for 10 years I've done the podcast. Mm. I love it. It's like amazing. The journey. journey. And like, I'm not saying that if tomorrow I got a deal for a million pounds, I wouldn't be happy. I'd be over the moon. What I'm saying is that when you reach the peak of the position in something that you love doing, it is only down. Like once you're at the top, where do you go? Do you know, it's funny. Do you ever see KSI banging about here? I've never seen them. I'm desperate to see them. Sometimes well, the side, I just want to hang side, out and be man, like, oh, The sidemen are here today. Are <gasps> oh, they actually? Um, I don't even know who he, they are. Even like, KSI. He... Well, KSI turned around and said,
0: what more do I need? I've had everything. I don't know what to do. Like right. I've, I've had everything. I've been everywhere. Right. In my twenties, there's nothing left for me to do. He said that like, to you. He said that on a podcast. no, that's on a podcast. Oh, right. I was like, but wow. no, no, that that's, that was on a podcast. But when <laughs> but when we saw him, um, you can tell instantly that he's. I would have said the word was instantly. I wouldn't say flat, but I would say along those lines of it is you know same again here we go this another no day point. it's like there's no kind of oh i think i've seen that guy or you know i think I know i've seen so. that girl or, you know a little bit i like i like, I like the saying oh, of yeah i like the saying of one percent i i say it doesn't matter whether you crawl walk or sprint you know it, you know it is just slow growth and yeah like read the basics of like listen to an audible every day just be inspired Literally. like learn like constantly evolve your mind um i think it's so important
1: the example i give as well is like think about something expensive you wanted to buy Yeah. And I and like, for example, I wanted to buy this really nice jacket and you save up and you save up and you think about, I want to get this jacket. I want to get this jacket. I can't believe I'm going to wear this jacket. I'm going to save up for it. You buy it and you're over it. Yeah. Like the day you buy it, you're happy. Yeah. And then two weeks later, you're over it and it just sits in your cupboard. And it's something that, okay, fine. Is there? like, I still love that jacket. Yeah. But am I like, oh my God, do you know why? Because it didn't take me 20 years to save up for this jacket. Yeah. It took me like two months. When I buy a jacket that I've saved up for 20 years to do, then I will remind myself every single day I'm so proud of that. And that's the thing is that like, if you if it takes you a while to do something, when you get it, you're going to feel so much more rewarded for it. If I got a million followers tomorrow, I would absolutely not appreciate it. Yeah. If I get a million followers in five years time, I would 100% be like, I've worked so yeah. hard yeah. and I provided so much value. And these people are here to follow me because I'm helping them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I 100%. think the, the, the journey is the most important part. And whenever I get something good in my life now, I'm like... I haven't been doing this for long enough. I don't deserve it. Yeah. You know, that's how genuinely I feel sometimes. I'm like, I don't deserve it. And that's a battle I face myself. But I think just genuinely, just always think about the fact that you've got it. Yeah. Like I'm, and Stephen said this to me as well. He was like, if you think about Spotify you're gonna buy your podcast for 50 million in five years, mm. think about the fact that you're making 10 million this year and you're gonna make yeah. 10 million next year and you're gonna make 10 million the year after. He was yeah. like, you won't see anything for the first four or five years. Yeah. Then that fifth year you'll get something and then it will be all worth it. Yeah. And I think if you think about the fact like, okay, next year, what would I do if I got 50 million? It wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. You'd, you'd actually feel sad. And that's why loads of people talk about like the day that they hit their goal. They're like in chronic depression.
0: Yeah. And it's it's, it's like a lot of front-end work. You know, what we're doing now is a lot of front-end work for that back-end payout. But I don't mind waiting. It's the people that can have that delayed gratification. Yeah. The people that can be patient. That's like that, is it Robert Kipling, you know, that being patient, my son, mm. and stuff like that. It was a brilliant poem. But, do you know, I just want to touch on something as we sort of come to a close, is that I have a friend who, when he first made his million liquid, uh, his business was earning a few million, but he was able to take out his first million yeah. dividend and... and um went and bought his Ferrari and he said he took it about three weeks later. He said,
1: yeah.
0: so over it. He said, I couldn't believe it. I'm mm-hmm. too big for it. Yep. I loved it for the first few times. I had the looks, but then when the looks and I drove off and the people couldn't see me anymore and then I was on the bypass, no one can see me. I'm driving past yeah. two people. It's very short lived and so I, I asked a friend of mine, uh, I, I called him up and I said, do you mind having a Zoom call with me? I'm in a bit of a place where I need a bit of a, like, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of reignition on the old fire. And I said, when you, when you ended up getting all the money he's over 100 million this guy really really wealthy he's done very well i said everything you've had was it was it worth it like everything you've gone through now and he said when i bought the cars i've had this i've had that i've had the houses i've got them blah blah blah. Mm
1: -hmm. i'm over it yeah
0: i'm over it i've got the coots card
1: yeah
0: one son likes it the other kid's not bothered the daughter's not bothered Mm -hmm. i'm over it i just want to have longevity i want to be healthy money buys private medical care he says one thing i will tell you that money buys i don't put up with shit he said we went to a hotel in las vegas wife booked it It wasn't what it wanted what she wanted she said can we get it changed hotel manager said no you can't but you've paid the deposit it's it's non-refundable he said fine fucking keep it and they went into another he left eighty thousand dollars on the table he said i don't have to put up with shit what yeah he said i don't have to put up with shit that's what money allows. Other than that, I just want to finish on something. All right, you said about helping homelessness um, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Went out for a restaurant meal the other day. Came out, homeless guy. And some people, like some guy, we saw a guy on the tube. Some homeless people for me just stick out. I don't know what it is. They, some people just stick I out. I agree.
1: And they just some like, people, they melt your heart. Yeah. Some of them are so, so amazing. Yeah. And like, I, I, I think, sorry, ask your question. No, 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 <laughs> I was just going to say some
0: people stick out. And what annoys me, Is I said to my son, my wife was there, I said, Let's go get this guy a pizza. So we went into a pizza. And do you know what annoys me? Some people would go, TikTok moment. Right, you two go you two go do that. Yeah. Okay, mate, um we got your pizza, didn't we? Yeah, okay, great, cool. Thanks, buddy. Viral. No, no, no.
1: I go do a good thing.
0: Go do a good thing.
1: You don't need to show off all of your good moments.
0: I think it's embarrassing.
1: And yeah, exactly. I've never seen someone do that. I think it's bizarre. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I've never yeah. physically seen someone yeah. do that. And I've never done that myself. Yeah. I think there's differences in charities and this is what people find a bit annoying and not. So uh, I think, first of all, loads of people do charity work and they don't share it. And that's mm. totally fine because it's something you do for yourself. You don't need to share. However, if you're do- helping a charity who are saying to you, Siwana, we want to drive awareness, for example, there's one charity that is also working on this. They're like, we'd love to help. we love you for you to help drive awareness. I want to drive awareness to that charity. I don't want to tell you, oh, I donated this much. Oh, I'm doing this much. It's because that charity is doing an amazing thing. Like this one, I've heard that you basically buy a beanie for them Mm. and they give it to, they, they also buy another one. So you yeah. buy clothes for the homeless, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, And they have all these waterproof jumpers and all of these things. So you pay 15 quid for a waterproof jumper and they give it to a homeless person and they also buy another one on top. Yeah. So it's like they buy double. And I think that is so amazing. And I think loads of people would want to do that. Yeah. you know, It's so easy for us to think, oh, we don't have the money to give to charity. Sacrifice one cocktail a week. Yeah, oh, exactly. just one. Sacrifice like two coffees a week. That's six quid. Coffees are so bloody expensive in London now. Depends if you're having almond milk. And booze. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And I think there's so much that we can help. And you know, talking about your point earlier around what what is actually makes you feel happy. The happiest you will ever feel is when you've impacted someone else's life. Mm. Whether that's giving a homeless man a pizza or five pounds or a cigarette, whatever you want to give them. And this is the other thing with homelessness. I saw an article and it was like, stop giving homeless people things that fit within your realm. Mm. So I know like my grandma says, never give homeless people money. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because I use it on drugs and alcohol. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know however many people are watching this, mm. when you've had a shit week at work, when you've had a broken argument with your boyfriend, what do you do? Yeah. Have a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. So why are you judging a homeless person for doing it? Yeah. They're living on the street. And I used to help out in Nottingham with this um, weekly homelessness shelter. And I said to one of the guys, like, why do you take drugs? Like, I can't mm. remember what it was called. It was one of them that just passes you out. And I was like, why'd do you do it? And he was like, have you tried living on the street?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, no. And he was like, try doing it for one night for me. He was like, it's so cold. This helps me feel warm. He's like, I don't want to do it, Yeah. but tell me how I'm going to survive. And I was like, you know, so many of us drink, smoke, take drugs, smoke weed to calm ourselves down after a bad week. Why are we judging homeless people for doing Stepping
0: it? Stepping someone else's shoes,
1: right? Yeah. Like, you know, just take it for yourself. Have a bad day, yeah. And don't go drink a glass of wine, yeah. Have a bad day and don't smoke some weed. Whatever you want to do, like everyone does everything. But when we see a homeless person doing it, you're like, oh no, no, no! Many are going to give you one pound to buy a Greg sausage roll, and if you use that one pound to, towards drugs or cigarettes, like you're a bad person and you're wasting yeah. my money. Yeah. Well, no, like. If you're gonna give something, give it. Yeah. Don't have any expectation on it. But anyway, sorry, I feel like we could talk for hours. I well,
0: Shivani, <laughs> I, I really, I really feel like there is a part two at some Boy point def- when time is. allows. Um, as we come to a close, where can people reach out and find out more about you, what you're doing, subscribe, stuff like that?
1: Sure. My podcast is called A Manual Mind, but you can just type in at on Instagram, Power on YouTube, Power on TikTok, uh, Power on LinkedIn, but any of those channels. And then Shivani.Pow.com for all of the things like my planner, my workshops, my community and my podcast. So, yeah. Amazing. I loved it, I, loved I, it. Loved I, know, it too. I know I know that
0: we could carry on for quite we a while. Could. believe me. We could. um everyone who's watched, thank you so much. We'll see you all very soon. Thank you.